Hi, Barbie. Hi. Hello, and welcome back to Remake Hot Take, the podcast where we play movie executives pitching remake ideas of our favorite and new media. I'm Maria Schwarz, and today we are talking about the new blockbuster hit Barbie. You may notice that Brooke is away for emergency reasons, but we have another amazing blonde here, another great Barbie. I'm Maggie. Nice to meet everybody on this. I guess I'm not meeting anyone. (laughs) You can. Everyone meet me. (laughs) So Maggie and I were roommates in college. We were also friends too. We were also (laughs) friends. No, it was strictly business transactional. (laughs) We also shared a suite with Brooke, who is the other blonde who you usually see here. You've got two blonde babes on your arm. That's what my friend Ali calls me, her little blonde babe. That's fun. Well, now you're a babe in Toyland. Ha 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 ha. Uh-huh. It's not great. I was trying to get a segue. So Maggie, anything, anything you would want to tell the people that um may or may not listen to the podcast? Anything about yourself? So yeah, hi, I'm Maggie. Like Maria said, I am her college roommate. Although I think every time I mention you and say you're my roommate, it always sounds like vaguely cold. It's like, no, <laughs> we were like, it's like we were friends too, but we also happened to live together and they were roommates. I love uh, pop culture. That was, you know, part of the things Mari and I bonded on was discussing pop culture all the time. I love fun, fresh movies like Barbie. I have to say, I have a very low tolerance for anything too depressing in movies. So Barbie was kind of a perfect, you know, there was some depressing stuff in there, but there was, you know, it was uplifted. I say things about me. Um, I love cats. I love to read and I'm excited to be here today. I don't do very much. So my schedule was open today. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you for for being here on such short notice. I texted you yesterday. So like I said, I don't do much. Maggie, let's just jump into it because it's your first time on the pod, but it's also like our first time ever reviewing something that just came out in Mm -hmm. theaters. So usually like Brooke Mm -hmm. and I will watch something on Netflix or something and have like a place to take notes I wasn't taking notes in the theater so this is just like purely based off of the Wikipedia plot and memory Mm -hmm. so it's going to be a little bit different but Maggie what was like your history with Barbies were you a Barbie girl as a kid I was a Barbie girl I was a very dedicated Barbie girl I was a spoiled child so I also had 15 20 Barbies you know like in a tub you know in my room (laughs) Um, picturing a bathtub you have guests over and they're like oh can we use your bathroom and you're like no 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 that's the barbie bathroom no it was it was a big plastic tub from target in which all my toys were kept but it was mostly barbies you know i i dabbled in poly pockets but i was i was a barbie girl when i was truly a barbie girl for was the movies i was a big fan of the direct to video barbie masterpieces princess and the pop remains in my top 10 films to this day i maintain that if it had better quality animation it would be considered to be on par with the Disney films. Ooh. I mean, Martin Short does the voice acting for Preminger. It's it's a gift. It's a gift to humanity. <laughs> One of my personal favorite podcast is uh, the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me NPR radio show. They had him on at one point. Peter Sagal, the host, asks Martin Short, what was your experience doing the voice for Preminger and Barbie Princess and the Popper? Because my daughter loves you in that. Martin Short said, I don't remember doing that. (laughs) And I think he is a liar. (laughs) I think he needs to embrace what he gifted to humanity. He changed lives with that performance. So anyways, I yeah was mainly a big fan of the Barbie movies, especially the princesses, the fairies, loved it. Wait, they're fairies? 
start off with Barbie and the Nutcracker. Then we go to Barbie Swan Lake. We go to Barbie Rapunzel. There's Princess and the Popper. You've got 12 Dancing Princesses. But then you've also got the Fairytopia Trilogy. You've got Fairytopia. You've got Mermaidia. And then you've got Magic of the Rainbow. It was perfectly executed. I mean, Mermaidia was a sequel akin to The Godfather 2. I mean, it is <laughs> chef's kiss. Amazing fairy outfits, transformations. That's what, that's what the Barbie movies are really known for is their dress transformation that takes place at least once throughout every film. There are sparkles, there is lots of pink, there is a lots of floofiness if it's a princess ball gown. Truly iconic moments. No one really does a princess dress quite like Barbie. I feel like the, the Disney movies are held back a little bit. I don't know, they're a little afraid to use as much sparkle as Barbie was, but she would just go all out. And truly, truly some masterpieces were created there. I was reading that Barbie, the reason why she has so many careers is because she's an actress, which like blew my mind. So that is a, in the later, so the, the Barbie movies that was coming out when I was the age that you should be watching Barbie movies, so I continued to watch them <laughs> through my adult years. It was just, you know, these princess movies, Barbie is, she's ballerina, she's a princess, she's all these things. The later movies, they seem to be tied together by the thread that Barbie is an actress, and in some of the movies she's playing herself, and like it's mentioned that she's in these other films. So there's a bit more of a connectivity between the BCU, otherwise known as the Barbie Cinematic Universe. That's fascinating. For example, in Barbie in a Fashion Fairy Tale, you see posters on the wall for Barbie in a Mermaid Tale. So, you know, implying that Barbie is an actress having acted in these films. So, you know, that is a very valid theory, at least going by what I've seen, like, again, in the BCU, so. How do you have evidence ready to go? I love You're Barbie citing movies. sources. I've seen the majority of them. I have not watched the newest ones. They really changed the animation style. And like I said, they're focusing a lot less on the princess aspect of Barbie and going more into the more realistic, which like probably someone in a corporate boardroom somewhere did a study that shows that this is what girls today want. But I'm very partial to the fantasy tales of yesteryear. They're not listening to what the women of today want. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, Barbie, Barbie's a little too in the real world for me right now. I need a little fantasy, you know, in my, in my Barbie. Yeah, we need escapism mm -hmm. now. I was not super into Barbie. I think I only saw the Nutcracker Barbie. Mm. That was one of the that, only ones that I saw. I watched that one, or at least clips of that one recently. And the animation, like, I knew it was janky because I've seen the other ones, but that one's the very first one they made. And ooh, it looks like a poorly rendered video game you know there's like no background in any of them. you know there'll be like two oh. trees in the background it's like well it's a it's a ballet production maybe they're a ballet company that's putting it on they've decided budget. yeah exactly they've decided <laughs> to cut costs they put everything in the sparkle maybe that's where the fund went <laughs> well i mean the first princess dress of all the barbie movies which is clara's sugar plum fairy dress is a work of art they did deliver on the dress everything else meh. <laughs> I was more of a Polly Pocket girl. That was that was like my thing. I had a few Barbies. I had a Barbie car. I didn't have like a dream house or anything. When you say a Barbie car, do you mean like a Barbie sized car? Because I had a Barbie Jeep that was human sized. No, I did not have that. Like I said, I was a spoiled child. So under the Christmas tree when I was about three or four was a toddler sized Barbie Jeep. It went about maybe three miles per hour. I would drive my brother and I around. It came with a little radio that would play Barbie songs. So did you have a license? 
license to operate that vehicle or? I did not. I was quite a wild one. I was riding around in that without a license. Barbie was... starring as a criminal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's been a spy. I mean, oh. there's Barbie Spy Squad, which I actually haven't seen, but I know it exists. <laughs> Interesting. I had a few Barbies, but I think the Barbies that I had were like, I wasn't Sid from Toy Story level, but like mm. they were the ones that for some reason I enacted my violence on. Like I would give them haircuts or like pull off their heads. I never chopped off any hair. I definitely let their hair get very matted. Mm -hmm. I think I would enact out very violent scenes, you know, <laughs> but like like Barbies would be thrown across the room. They they, they were never maimed. Okay. No, mm -hmm. no Barbies were harmed in the making of I, your childhood. I mean, were, yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, that, I kind of treated them like they were all my daughters. Which is funny <laughs> because how the movie opens that it's like Barbie is the first doll that is not about motherhood. This movie was super interesting because of just like the experience of watching it. Like I don't know if I've had maybe Marvel movies is like the same level of amped up marketing, like, yeah. dressing up and everything. What was your experience of like going to the movie theater and seeing this movie? I like to see my movies at this theater near my house that is like in an abandoned mall <laughs> and it's like the only thing left in the abandoned mall but it's great for seeing movies because it's really cheap and it's the closest theater in my house so I, I tend to go there um generally there's not more than 15 to 20 cars in the giant parking lot it was full when I got there um Ooh. this past weekend and I had to go park around the back which I have never done before and the theater was packed there was like a line like you know instead of just being able to go through the little ropes right up to the front. I actually had to wait in a line. Everyone was dressed up. I had forgotten to dress up, but I just coincidentally did bring a pink sweater. So that was good. Yay. It was very fun. Everyone in the theater was enthused. I would say it wasn't quite at, cause you know, I've been, I went to the midnight release of, of Avengers Endgame. I've also been to the midnight release of Harry Potter 7 Part 8. So like, it wasn't quite those levels of fan enthusiasm, but like it was up there. It was up there. It was a good vibe. It was a very wholesome feminine energy that was coming through. Mm. What about you? I I agree. I agree. Savannah, um, friend of the pod who's been on a few times, she had gotten us tickets to the blowout party early release. It was not a party. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> go in two days early and give us your money. But it was yeah. still, it was fun. I mean, they had free posters and I was able to get for money a little Barbie cup. Ooh, um, yeah. Okay, well, that's totally worth going. Uh, Love the graphic. I did have to buy a three berry cream soda. I don't know what the three berries were. It was fine. <laughs> cream soda's had... disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, hot takes. Yeah, there was. I think what made it super interesting is we we got there right before the movie had started, and we still wanted to get food. And like, it was just so easy to tell that the movie hadn't started because there were so many people in pink and just like walking around in the lobby, and we we're like, okay we're safe we're good we didn't experience the barbieheimer phenomenon but the girl sitting next to me was wearing like a half barbie half oppenheimer shirt some people in that audience it was like the funniest thing that they had ever seen like people were dying <laughs> the girl next to me was literally kicking her feet at times and i was like you live your best life <laughs> I love that for you. The feminine mm. power around me. It was like a community. And then we all got in the elevator together and it was so silent and everyone staring at each other covered in like glitter and pink and no one knows what to do. Did anyone have tear tracks through their through their foundation? Not that I saw, but I think it was the highest, like loudest laughter. And then like you could hear a pin drop during those, those uh, sad moments. It's a lot to process. 
It was a lot to process. Yeah. Silvana and I, we were like driving back and she was like, do you want to go get like milkshakes? Because I think we both kind of left the theater feeling almost drunk. Like I was like, I don't know what to think. I don't know how to feel. So we just like went to a diner and like processed together. I don't do drugs, but I feel like <laughs> this would be a good movie to be high while you were seeing it. That's very true. It kind of kind of kind of felt like you were high while watching it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just a little. <laughs> just a little. Just like a healthy amount. So what was your overall impression of the movie? I was like pretty sure I was gonna like it going in and I definitely did I give it about like a four stars on my letterbox the concept like was really fun the plot ultimately did not make a lot of sense I mean there was a lot of confusing bits like so does every single Barbie in the world have a counterpart or is it just the general idea of the Barbie like when did she gain the vagina like I don't <laughs> know it was like you know things are a little confusing why does Ken think the patriarchy is about horses I don't quite know the concept concept was overall a little wishy-washy but like that wasn't really the point of the movie so once I kind of let that go I really enjoyed it I was just like doesn't make a ton of sense but I'm just gonna roll with it and ended up really enjoying it I think I would like to see it again knowing what the general concept because I was like I had no idea what the concept was going to be going in so knowing what it is and then I can kind of appreciate it more right from the beginning I talked to my roommate about this because we saw it together after the movie my new roommate (laughs) (laughs) and um you know we both kind of agreed that like the bits with like the Mattel president were probably the weakest parts of the film. They didn't really delve into the fact that like clearly their company is like, she's like, are there any women? And he's like, no, we love women. But it's like not really ever really addressed that maybe that's kind of a problematic view. So but that was the weakest part of the film. Anytime we were in Barbie land was amazing. Love Barbie land. The whole like opening like 10, 15 minute sequence where we just get to see Barbie go throughout her day. Perfect. <laughs> Loved it. Loved the ending. Great punchline. She should not I'll be that excited about going to the gyno from personal experience I find it's rather harrowing in there so mm. hopefully she's found a she's found a good 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 doctor there but does she have medical insurance yeah okay does she have a job <laughs> I don't know apparently they're doing some like other toy based movies with Mattel mm. which is like stupid because Barbie is the only one we care about I do not want a sequel unless I would watch a sequel about Barbie living in the real world mm. trying to get a job like I would watch that how long is her resume like imagine going on Barbie's LinkedIn <laughs> but she thinks she's the stereotypical Barbie. So it That's sounds like true. she doesn't actually, she hasn't had a career. She doesn't even do beach. Yeah, she doesn't even do beach. Also, I don't know why if you were living in Barbie land, why you would go to the like to the right? modern day. I was like, I know that's like her eyes have been open, but the real world is objectively worse. So her eyes came painted open. <laughs> I had a similar vibe where it was like, I had a good time and I thought the details that they had was super fun. It's kind of like one of those optical illusions where like if you stare too close at it the picture kind of like goes away so you have to kind of like blur Mm -hmm. and look off to the side and then you like are having a good time Mm -hmm. it kind of hurt my brain a little bit it did Um, it hurt my brain a little bit too Mm -hmm. right but I would say that there was a like a lot of funny bits like I don't think I laughed out loud but I definitely thought about laughing out loud I will say you were slightly difficult to make laugh out loud that is true when it comes to the movies the humor has to be quite perfect right you're a, a tough crowd yeah. I'm very easy so I was <laughs> laughing like someone slipping on a banana peel is enough to make me laugh so I have to say Margot Robbie was phenomenal 
still stunning, you know, sparkling. But I feel like it might be sacrilegious to say that Ken was my favorite part of the movie. Same, same. I think Ryan Gosling and everyone was like, he's too old to play this role. I don't care. Like Neil Armstrong, his La La Land role, whatever. It's Ken. I'm going to say from now on, it was Ken playing Neil Armstrong. It was Ken in La La Land. He's always been Ken. Okay, but I got so mad when they had him sing his song because he sounded so much better in this than he did in La La Land. He sounded like shit in La La Land. (laughs) And that was a musical. And then this wasn't a musical. As someone, I love musicals. I have very strong opinions about musicals. His City of Stars song in La La Land sounded awful. He sounded like he was gargling marbles. Like, I mean, he doesn't have an amazing voice, but he sounded so much better with his little Ken song. I think it's just that the song, like the City of Stars song was too low for him in La La Land. Mm. Neither him or Emma Stone sounded good in La La Land but that's that's a discussion for another time that's a good hot take yeah it wouldn't have been the same movie without ryan gosling he has such amazing comedic timing i mean i love every time he goes on snl he's so funny and he seems to have come to the role with no sense of pretension like he just Mm -hmm. fully embraced it and truly embraced what ken is for which is to be an accessory to something greater (laughs) no i agree and i think like his delivery like the one part that i really remember like thinking about laughing was that part where he's sneaking up on Barbie in the car and she's like I can go without you and he's like what if there is beach and he's like so serious and I just I I loved that I also will note Greta Gerwig did do an interview and I think maybe like the movie will get even better for me I did give it like three and a half stars so we're not too far off from each other but maybe as I see more interviews and see like some more of the rationale I'll understand it more because you were mentioning like why does Ken think that the patriarchy is all about horses and Greta Gerwig said that like he probably probably saw all these statues of horses with people on them and he thought that the horses were in charge. I wish that was made clearer because that's so funny. Yeah and then I I appreciate all the the diversity which reflects like the diversity of of a brand. Maybe I wasn't a Barbie girl because none of them looked like me. I recently got a Barbie that looked like me and it was like wow. I mean it's a recent development. Mm -hmm. I mean you know when I was a kid my favorite princess was Aurora because she was blonde and wore a pink dress which like I don't know why she specifically because there were multiple other princesses (laughs) who were also blonde and wore pink at some point but she was my favorite there like there's no no question why Barbie was my queen but yeah I think that's I mean I think that is a recent development that uh Barbie has become much more inclusive which is great but I think you know it 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 took it took longer maybe than it should have you know I was reading reviews and stuff and you know for a movie that appealed so much to the girls and the gays I feel like the movie could have been improved with a little bit more queer energy if you know what I mean I don't know. It was Alan gay? I don't know. That was like the like, vibe see, that I was getting. Dress, but like, is Alan just Alan? Yeah. And just like with like the Indigo Girls and like the Birkenstocks and like mm. Barbie was given off some very some queer vibes and I felt like that should have been explored just, just a little bit more. The point was more about just like womanhood as a whole but like I felt like there was an inkling there that could have been explored just, just a little bit more. I remember leaving the theater thinking about like what this movie was for and especially mm. at the beginning it starts out with like Barbie is revolutionary because it's the first doll that's not about motherhood and we walk Mm -hmm. out and Savannah's like for a movie about how Barbie's against motherhood this was a very motherhood oriented movie it's not against motherhood Mm -hmm. I feel like it's more like it provided girls with other options 
friends. Yeah. Because, I mean, America Ferreira's character in her, like, rant at one point says, you know, like, you don't have to be a mother, but if you want to, that's fine, but you don't have to be a mother, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. but then there's the whole, like, the iconic line that everyone is quoting is, like, mother's job is to stand still so that her daughter can see how far she's come. And then, like, a lot of that montage before Barbie turns into a human has a lot of motherhood elements. I think if the idea is, like, maybe Barbie wants to be a mom at the end, I think we should apologize to Midge because she's been carrying that baby for years and everyone's been Poor thing. Shit. And she's stuck in her little fence. Right. She's got, like, in that little fenced-in, like, shack <laughs> and everyone else has got a mansion. But no. I did like seeing how Barbie Land functioned and I think all, like, the different jobs and I thought the movie was really creative with, like, the way that her foot stood up and, and the architecture. I don't know. I don't know, like, Oscars has had amazing set design, amazing awesome. attention to detail, like, the sound effect of the shower. I, d- I don't know. I loved that. <laughs> so that was great. I loved every single costume. Mm-hmm. I just loved the styling of everyone. Like, obviously, everyone who's in this movie is naturally beautiful, attractive people. But they just the way they did the makeup, and I was, like, mesmerized by Alexander Ship's like, curls the whole time. Just, like, <laughs> Margot's hair. Like, it made it look like doll hair. Like, mm-hmm. everything looked, everyone's hair looked like doll hair. Their skin looked almost plastic. I watched a video of, I'm forgetting the actor's name, but he's playing the new Doctor Who. And he's from oh, Sex yeah. Education, him. He was one of the Kens. He was, like, getting waxed for Ken. And he was like, it's worth it to achieve Ken perfection. I love um, that. When the first trailer came out, a lot of people were critiquing them. They are like, Margot looks, like, too flawless. Like, it's giving, like, bad representation. I was like, she's a doll! She's Barbie! <laughs> also, that's just how Margot Robbie looks. I the- liked that voiceover. She's like, I'm not pretty anymore. Margot Robbie is not a good casting for this to land. They knew podcasters were going to point that out. <laughs> I literally, well, I also, like, literally in the theater, they said, she's like, I'm not pretty anymore. I literally went like this, like, in the theater, I went. And then they said it. And I was like, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I felt about the Helen Mirren voiceover overall, though. That was like a strange mm-hmm. thing. I feel like it should have been Ruth if she's like the god of Barbie land. I don't know. That would have made more sense mm-hmm. to me. I, I agree with you, but also Helen Mirren. So that's true. That's true. Yeah, I did really feel like, especially the move from like the dance montage to like Barbie thinking about mortality was very like that SNL episode of like, like, poor Barbie. No one's told her that she's a doll. I'm still thinking about that girl who got hit by a car outside of my dream house last week. <laughs> I like. I don't know if that was like the inspiration of it, but it was like mm. scarily close <laughs> to what the, I don't know if this was written by the interns. <laughs> Today is both the first and last day of my life. Exactly. No, I watched that afterward. I was thinking about that the whole time. I'm like, where's Donald Glover? Exactly. But that's what, where some of the logic kind of fell apart for me. So it's like are there multiple like you kind of touched on this earlier are there multiple Barbie lands for each person like is this specifically America Ferreira's Barbie land how has one hard-working mother in America brought down the entire Barbie (laughs) utopia it was like confusing when the Ken's Casa Mojo Dojo whatever it was I don't remember what it was called. That was being like, sold in stores. Like. Yeah. So it was like real life has an effect on Barbie land and Barbies have an effect on the real world. And so like when Margot Robbie gets depressed, she becomes like the depression Barbie. So I'm like, what? what is going on here? Like why when she starts doing like, I'm thinking about death, like why don't we have like 
nihilist Barbie coming out in stores with cellulite included. Like, I don't know. I was just like getting confused because it's hard to think about this movie without also putting in perspective like the other toy-based films like Toy Story or Life Size. So I was like, this stereotypical Barbie also hasn't been played with for a while by this teenager. What has that done to her psyche? Like, I just, I don't know. Also, like, they never explained why Will Ferrell cared so much about the integrity of Barbie. Like, I was like, I resent the implication that, like, the multi-millionaire, billionaire head of the Mattel Corporation would be this altruistic. Right. But without any explanation. They're like, we're still making money. He's like, no, but the soul of Barbie. I'm like, why do you care? I I and like, also like the, the way that they're like pitching things. And then just one guy would look at his phone and be like, that's going to make millions. That's not how market research works. <laughs> it's not like a magic eight ball and you just shake it. <laughs> would a realistic Barbie, like just everyday Barbie, like make money? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But also, I mean, isn't that kind of stereotypical Barbie already? Like she doesn't yeah, have also, any that's dreams. kind of Barbie already if you yeah. just make her proportions a little bit more realistic. I didn't I didn't think it was a great idea, but I'm like, okay, girl boss. But also it wasn't really wrapped up. Like it wanted to be a feminist movie, but then Mattel is still run by men in the end. And we don't know if America Ferreira's character is like compensated for her idea or if they're just stealing it. Probably not. I don't know. Like you said, like I don't think a gynecologist visit is a happy ending for Barbie. Like she's basically going from like being a doll to being like a puppet you know because they're going up I just feel like she's not gonna have fun she's gonna and... be like, like I'm stupid I'm going back right I also felt like maybe the switch from Barbie land to the human world was a little too easy like if I think too much about the logic of like how easy it is to become a human yeah. Does she have a social security number? I don't know. And then the idea that like they could kidnap humans and bring them back. I just felt like there was a lot there. I felt like, you know, it's hard when Life Size, the movie with Tyra Banks and Lindsay Lohan has uh, more logic <laughs> than like a Greta Gerwig film. I don't know. If it had just been through like one more round of like edits, I, I have a feeling that like the Mattel thing was very much like studio interference. I'm mm. sure. I was like, if that had been taken out the bit where she's like running through Mattel was fun but I feel like they didn't need to be like characters they just need to be like plot devices there didn't feel like there was super like a difference between the real world and Barbie land America Ferreira and her daughter were pretty realistic characters but like all those Mattel people were so cartoonish yeah. that it felt like Barbie land and it lowered the stakes for me of like harassment and like inequality in the workplace is not like a cartoon cartoon yeah that should have been more realistic yeah right? like I think it would have landed better if they were more realistic and slightly more menacing right um, exactly I didn't feel like they were they were scary at all I was like they can't even get out of the Mattel building like yeah. they're easy to bring down I don't know I do like I do appreciate that Will Ferrell is like making his career being the villain of like brand movies like he was the villain in the Lego, Lego movie. movie as well yeah. yeah some of it was like a series of SNL bits that didn't like all work and necessarily like the the whisper montage I don't know it was just like a little weird for me like why yeah I, I think that this like could have been either fleshed out more or fleshed out less just like it was in a weird spot I think the, the, the best parts were all the parts where we were in Barbie land mm -hmm. it was pretty funny when we came back and like Ken had overturned I, I have to say one thing I also wish they delved into a little bit more is I mean I think the thesis is that patriarchy hurts everything
everyone, but mm. I wish they delved into a little bit more. Yes, this Barbie society, like the Kens are kind of minimalized, but like it was kind of like they're making the comparison that like in Barbie land, like it's reverse sexism. I'm like, okay, but the Kens aren't like afraid of getting murdered. Yeah. Like the Kens aren't afraid of being like assaulted. And it's like, it's different. And I'm like, the, the, the metaphor doesn't quite work in the same way. You know, they don't address it as much. And like at the end, they're like, oh, well, we'll give the Kens you know we'll start including the Kens in our government which is nice but it's like I don't know it's just like I felt like that comparison was a little wishy-washy and it's also different because like unlike women in real society like the Ken dolls were literally created to be an accessory I know so it's a bit different for how in like real life like women are people you know I feel like a far-right person could like easily like twist that to be like well women were created to be an accessory for men so <laughs> I haven't seen that argument but I feel like I could see Ben the fact that Barbie kind of has to apologize for the way that like her brand is made that's not even like her control I don't know I thought it was a little strange I mean I did love the like evolution of Ken and like to the I am Kenna shirt (laughs) Ken was hilarious right yeah but I think like they basically brainwashed and enslaved all the Barbies how do they do that like how do they brainwash them it's not explained if they're the evil ones why are we like apologizing to them and it kind of gets into like the fact that women always have to apologize and I was like in that way it didn't feel as much of a feminist movie this is normal for us this is like the the normal ending where it's like a woman's life can't be happy unless the man is also happy kind of thing but I think this was kind of like an issue that I had throughout the entire film is like their tagline was always she is everything and he's He's just just Ken (laughs) that was where I struggled a little bit where like thematic it was trying to be this big like explanation of what women go through and like the hardships that women go through and like a feminist movie but then it was like so Ken like did he need like two to three musical numbers like it just became like a Ken movie and it was like Ken also like was the only one who we got to really see like have like a change I don't know like in the end Barbie chooses to be human but like it was a little bit confusing and like okay we're on a quest to save the girl who's playing with us we don't really do that like she's just like I'm so glad you had therapy sessions to try to save Barbie land Barbie is like shocked by the real world of like we haven't saved all of the women of the real world I thought I was more influential and then she doesn't like I thought that was where it was gonna go where she was like maybe she was gonna work at Mattel and create some like really like feminist Barbie dolls or like work at a non-profit Maybe she's gonna be like Elle Woods. Maybe she was gonna go to Harvard. Right? And it was just like, instead she's, I don't know, is she living with this family now? I don't know. Do they have like a very infantile, like adult woman? Like, right. no, it's, I think it kind of all boils down, down to is some fun ideas that mm-hmm. like, I feel like they were t- like, she was trying to do too many things and they should have maybe gotten rid of a few things and like streamlined it a little bit. Like it just exactly. needed another round of edits. It is by far, though, my favorite Greta Gerwig film. If people watch this, like, don't hate me, but I did not like the 2019 Little Women. I went into it, very excited for it, and came out kind of bored, and it was just not super well executed. It's just partially because Greta Gerwig's, like, style in some of her movies is to, like, always have characters, like, talk over each other, which I know is, like, more realistic, but does not appeal to me personally. That's just, like, a personal thing. And I also just, like, you know, Lady Bird, I watched it, was like, I can see that this is a good movie, but it's, it's really not for me 
personally. It just doesn't appeal to me. So this is by far my favorite Greta Gerwig film. And again, I think I will like it better upon rewatch. Um, and I still really like it. And I really enjoyed myself in the theater. I think it's like, it's one of those things where it's almost more frustrating that like, if it had been worse, it would have been less frustrating. But because it was like so close it was to so close. really good, it's like frustrating that it just, it just needed like a few more tweaks. I, I always wonder how movies like this go through so many people and then like there are these little things left over that it's like right. someone didn't think we could fix that I don't know yeah I agree it's my favorite Greta Gerwig film but I did see like kind of some similar things that I have issues with some of Greta Gerwig films I tend to find that Greta's timing is like always a little bit off like Little Women felt like six hours when it didn't like need to oh my god and I love period films I was so bored by the end right? of that movie oh my god <sighs> and this one is kind of like the opposite problem where like things just happen way too fast mm -hmm. and like we go from a completely absurd comedy like laugh out loud moment to the complete other spectrum without really working for it and like mm -hmm. so I was like tearing up not necessarily because I was emotional but because like I had like whiplash I was like mm -hmm. what the fuck just happened like how how do we change gears so fast I have a short attention span but I probably would have liked it to be longer because that might have helped it for me a little bit it was under two hours maybe if they made it just like exactly two hours like an extra 10 minutes right I did love the si se puede line the throwback to gotta kick it up the Disney channel movie with America Ferreira. I haven't seen that one, so I didn't get it. Oh, it's a fantastic Disney Channel movie. The woman who plays Meg in Hercules, I can't remember her name, the voice actress, she becomes like this dance teacher and one of the dancers is um, America Ferreira and the dance team's slogan is Si Se Puede. And so I thought that was a really nice touch. That was just for me. Pride and Prejudice was for you. Oh my God. Ugh, that and I freaking love the Indigo Girls. So uh mm. I feel like those two things were aimed at me personally. I mean, that's what I do when I'm sad. I watch the uh, I watch the six hour Pride and Prejudice BBC miniseries. What's wild is like, I feel like more people watch the 2005. That's because people have short attention spans and their minds are too small to appreciate <laughs> the six hour masterpiece. We came out of the theater and Silvana was like, do you think they didn't have the rights to the Kira Knightley one? I do think it's also a generational thing, you know, mm. like. I think that was maybe aimed at women in their 30s. I just happened to love it because my mom loves it. So that's the first mm -hmm. one I watched. It's also the better one. So that could also could also be the reason. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Have you seen the 2005? Yeah, and I also love it. I think it's okay. an excellent movie. I just think I might, I prefer the 1995. Also, Colin Firth is flat out a better Darcy than my, Matthew McFadden. He did a good job. He didn't do the hand. Colin he didn't do the hand. That was the one <laughs> thing he could have done. But he's Colin Firth and he looks like Colin Firth and he sounds like Colin Firth. And and he's tall mm. like Colin Firth and he looks amazing in a green coat like Colin Firth. So. I took a Jane Austen class last semester, two semesters ago, and my my professor, who's a Jane Austen scholar, she was saying that like a few years ago they had a Jane Austen exhibit with like a bunch of like first editions and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the real like artifact that everyone was flocking towards was like the white shirt that Colin Firth wore in Pride and Prejudice. So I'm assuming this exhibit is no longer there. Yeah, 
I would have mm-hmm. taken you there. Yeah. When I was in Bath, they have a Jane Austen exhibit there. Because, but the thing is, is that like Bath makes a big deal about having Jane Austen connections, but it's really that she just lived there for like a few years. Mm. So there wasn't that much. I mean, they had like some props from the movies, and it was mostly just stuff related to the movies. And like they had, you know, plaques about like what Jane Austen like would have worn, or like what an average day. But it, it wasn't, you know, the cooler. The cooler thing I did is I did go to her house, like the house that she ended oh. up dying in. It was very modest. Was, it was her very, ghost like, there? Cottage. Um, I felt a presence, so probably. I know that my professor had said that like she had a squeaky door or something that she refused mm-hmm. to let anyone fix because she wanted to know when people were coming so that she could hide her writing. She's a smarty. That that reference in the movie really did, that probably bumped it up a whole star for me. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I thought uh, it was strange how it was like a very nostalgia driven film because we have mm-hmm. like the discontinued Barbies, but then we have references to Pride and Prejudice, which is not obviously like a new thing, but like somewhat, but then we also have like Zack Snyder Justice League so it was like a random assortment of, of things where it was like are these just things Greta Gerwig likes <laughs> or doesn't like or doesn't in like in the case of Zack Snyder yes you know she's like generally that's something that like men care about more would be like Zack Snyder's um, Batman v Superman and when I saw that I was like hey well I love superhero films and I was like but I don't care about DC films I feel like Marvel has a slightly more maybe not with the comics but with the movies I do think Marvel appeals to women more partially because it's less sexist than the DC movies but yeah so. yeah no that's a good point and they have Ezra Miller who is terrifying well, the thing is Ezra Miller is a menace to all people not <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> Ezra Miller says these hands are rated E for everyone <laughs> <laughs> one thing that they said a lot in like the the press of this movie was like this is a movie that's literally made for everyone everyone's asking about who can see it what's the age level would you say it was age appropriate for everyone so there, there wasn't any cursing and if there was there were that second that Issa Rae curses which was hilarious I mean that's bleeped out theoretically yes a kid who would watch a PG movie could maybe watch this they won't get it though is the thing okay. I don't think there's anything inappropriate but I just think a kid unless they're like really mature I just don't think they're gonna enjoy it that much beyond the spectacle of it it's like so existential at least thinking like back on myself you know I was kind of mature for my age but I still don't think I would have gotten this at all mm-hmm. if you came like expecting like a princess and the popper barbie movie i think you would have been surprised yeah i I was like it's like a kid can't watch this i feel like you know maybe a 10 year old would enjoy it somewhat but like a seven or eight year old just could be like why is she crying mommy what's cellulite (laughs) my other question was like how did mattel okay this like because they don't look great in the movie right the thing is they're portrayed much better than like i feel like if they weren't involved they would have been like he still cares about barbie for some reason like that's true that felt like corporate interference to me i'm like y'all don't care about barbie you care about money (laughs) and i mean it's working i do really want one of the margot robbie barbies (laughs) for no reason (laughs) for me it's like you know as you know i started sewing a few years ago and like after this movie i like was immediately like i want to make myself some like barbie inspired clothes (laughs) i thought you were just gonna say make some barbie clothes just (laughs) no um but it did make me want to like make some pink clothes you know i will say i've seen this online people are saying that they think that Ryan Gosling has almost been overtaken by the spirit of Ken <laughs> kind of like Austin Butler and, and Elvis um, but he should win I, an Oscar <laughs> yes but I feel like we've lost Ryan a little bit I feel like we've lost him to the Kennergy that's true that's why I think maybe he's been Ken all along you know yeah, it's like I'm the Agatha like, all along was Agatha Oh, no, no. A bop. He really did us a service there. He might have sacrificed himself. Yeah, people say 
think he was too old. I'm like, I mean, but he looks amazing. So I never really thought that Ryan Gosling, like objectively, he's attractive, but I've never been like, you know, personally thought he was that attractive. But but I thought this was honestly, I think he looked really good in this role. His beach abs. His beach abs and his beach bleach blonde hair. Sebastian from La La Land, mansplaining jazz. Ken, great. Mm -hmm. He saved jazz in that movie, but here he saved our souls. Here he saved feminism by trying to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah i um highly recommend if you haven't watched it uh the gq interview he did 10 ken essentials oh, yeah, for every minute very good he was like uh you need a pair of sunglasses that can reflect barbie's brightness back <laughs> right that's the supportive ken that we need not mm-hmm. the I mean, I do love the pipeline of Beach Ken to Horse Girl Ken, but if we can do that without taking over the world and mm-hmm. sexism, that would be great. Yeah, it was like, I feel like it could have been achieved better, you know, if there either have been a line about where the Barbies were like, Ken's, if you were feeling this way, you should have spoken to us instead mm-hmm. of like immediately flipping to like violence and the patriarchy. Right. <laughs> I have to say, it was nice seeing uh, Chris Evans's brother, Scott Evans. I um, know. Acting a little bit. I like him. Nepo baby. Maybe Nepo brother? Nepo brother? Yeah, I don't know. But we do do a, a segment on the show called Who's Your Daddy? Where mm-hmm. we talk about nepotism and other fun facts about the main celebrities. And I did look up and Margot Robbie's dad was a sugarcane tycoon. And I have no idea what that means. <laughs> that sounds suspicious. That's like <laughs> British Empire levels right? of suspicious. That's, you know, whatever, like Elon Musk and his dad's emerald mine. That's beyond Nepo baby. Nepo babies are like like annoying but ultimately harmless that's mm-hmm. like colonialism right <laughs> so i don't know how i feel about that i feel like the thing about we have we have to distinguish with nepo baby is like there's having rich parents but having rich parents isn't necessarily nepo baby mm-hmm. nepo baby means like being in the same industry so yeah. like if i wanted to go into landscape lighting i would be a nepo baby because my grandfather did that like i feel like it's a little bit different like having rich that's parents true. you know people say taylor swift is a nepo baby because she had rich parents and i'm like that's not quite like they weren't in the music industry like Mm -hmm. yes she was very much bolstered by the fact that her parents had money but you know she didn't have like contacts in the music industry if you get what I'm saying Mm -hmm. that's fair that's fair and I think Mm -hmm. being from Australia puts Mario Robbie at a disadvantage because she could have been eaten by any creature at any time it's a wonder she's been alive this long like kangaroos terrifying absolutely terrifying they're like toxic masculinity if it was an animal they're much cuter than men though have you seen a kangaroo on standing and they also have like they're young they support the children they've got the the little pouches like most men would never that's true i used to want to go to australia i don't anymore seems scary there are huge spiders and snakes and i don't trust that so the next segment that we usually have on our show is where we pitch remake ideas of how we could remake barbie well i mean we talked about this but i feel like it would be amazing if we could just do like i don't know if this is a remake it's more of a sequel but i want to see barbie with her pink birkenstocks in the real world. I want, to, I want to see a movie about that transition. How the hell did she get a job? Does she have a happy ending? Because the gynecologist isn't cutting it for me. No. I, I feel like, though, if she looks like Margot Robbie, she could just become a model. That's true. But maybe she's also, like, kept some of that fashion sense from mm. her Barbie days. Yeah, did so she bring her wardrobe? Practice. And if, like, you have to go out in, like, the car, the bike, the boat, all mm-hmm. those things, like, can you bring a U-Haul? I don't know. I feel like travel 
travel and carry on is going to be hard. Yeah, like, yeah. What is she allowed to bring with her? Um, if it was plastic in the Barbie world, does it stay plastic in the mm-hmm. re- So many questions. Well, what's your idea for a, for a remake? You know, I was comparing this movie to a lot of like the other toy films and like Toy Story is kind of like revolutionary in the way that we've never really seen these toy characters before. But Barbie, she has her own cinematic BCU. universe. So I think it would have been interesting if like, yes, she's been a physicist. She's been a writer, but she's also been like a princess and a popper. Like she has so much range. And so I think if all of those like Barbie characters from those little Barbie movies mm-hmm. came together in one Barbie movie, I think that would have made a lot of dreams come true. Yeah, actually, that was my my biggest criticism leaving the theater was there were not enough princess Barbies. Like princess is a huge part of her brand. There were not enough princesses. There's a diplomat. I want sparkly dresses. I want yeah. crowns. I want sparkles. I want unicorns. At least we did, we did get we did get Dua Lipa mermaid and John Cena and John Cena. It was fun little cameos. Everyone on Twitter was freaking out about Dua Lipa's wig being bad. I'm like, isn't that the point? Right. I'm sorry. I, people, I swear, people have no media literacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not enough princesses. Not enough princesses. Exactly. Exactly. I also wanted like because the one of the Barbies that I really loved growing up was like the neck up Barbies. Where you oh, the could, big like, head. Play... Where was the big head? Where was the big head? Like because they even had Mount. Rushmore kind of <gasps> things. Why didn't they put heads? In opportunity. Because <laughs> I think it would be funny if like they're on the beach and like there's just like this head <laughs> coming over. Yeah, wasted I like opportunity. Idea. My final one was I thought that this was a movie because like Savannah and I even like kind of waited because we were like this would be the perfect movie to have like an end credit scene and I think that was a wasted opportunity of like or at least even like a like a Marvel-esque Barbie will be back or something I don't know but like I think it would have been funny if like it's another brand or something like it's like the troll dolls are coming to the real world and they're like Ken said he had a fantastic time and then they emerge from like the subway and everyone just shrieks in horror. Oh my god that would have been amazing. See you should have directed this film. Greta, move over. We support well, women, but we support women collaboration. And I bet if you did Little Women, you wouldn't have had everyone talking over each other. And you wouldn't have had Timothy Chalamet like holding a baby in the way that made it look so weird because he looks like he's 16 and it's like, this is his child. No. He was not my Lori. No. Christian Bale was I, much better. He was much better. Christian Bale's Lori was somehow creepier. I think it was really just because of the mustache, but um, I still liked him better. Mostly because I just don't like to me Timmy May. Yeah, didn't he give like NYU like he was like the leading cause of STDs? I yeah, like, I've heard they gave like 20, 30 people chlamydia or something. He's a dirty little boy. Sex ed, it's not um avoid having sex from practice abstinence. It's just avoid Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> well, that's that line from sex education. It's like, wash your hands, you dirty, dirty pig. Right? Literally him. Poor Amy. But like, it's it's like Florence Pugh is so, she's so Florence, she's so Florence Pugh, you know? And mm-hmm. I just, Timmy May would be such a step down for her. Exactly. I agree. She mm-hmm. didn't work on 
on her nose for nothing. He so he looks super young for her age, and I feel like she looks like more mature for her age. So it's mm-hmm. like a really weird, they just don't look right together. And she's supposed to be so much younger. Yeah, exactly. Which in turn made it less creepy because like Lori with like Kristen Dunst or whatever, and she's like twelve, like kind of creepy when when like both actors don't change. Yeah, so less groomer. Just, yeah, less groomer. <laughs> less groomer is, is generally better. But I have I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts about the twenty nineteen little woman. But I feel like that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> so Maggie, what what have you been watching lately? Well, I saw Mission Impossible. Actually, I had big movie weekend. I saw Mission Impossible on Saturday and Barbie on Sunday. The new Mission Impossible? The new one. I actually really like the Mission Impossible movies. I haven't seen all of them, but I've liked pretty much all the ones I've seen. Except for the one where Philip Seymour Hoffman like puts like a bomb in someone's brain. Like, no, I don't like that one. I think number five is like as near perfect an action movie as you can get. It's really well done. But the, the main reason I like it is they brought in Rebecca Ferguson to play Ilsa Faust in this one. She's like the new femme fatale. The Mission Impossible movies get more and more like inclusive of women and like less objectifying women, like less and less each movie. And then I watched this one and this one just like Hayley Atwell's in it, but she's playing like a very naive character who's like kind of incompetent and constantly needs to be saved by Tom Cruise. And like they kind of sideline the Ilsa Faust character who was supposed to be essentially like Tom Cruise's character, but just a woman. I don't know. She's mostly covered for most of the films. They actually give her like practical clothes and like her hair is up. Anyways, I just like, I felt like the way the women were handled in this new Mission Impossible film was like, not as good as it had been in the last few. Mm. But maybe I had just been giving Tom Cruise too much faith. Oh yeah, that's never good. No. I mean, he still did like drive off a cliff for this movie. So I'll give him props for that. But Mm -hmm. did people come dressed up for this one? No. I mean, unless wearing regular clothes is like you're a spy, but you're in disguise. (laughs) Oh, I recently finished watching She-Ra Princess of Power for the first time which was amazing and highly recommend to everybody unlike Barbie it definitely included enough gay okay so much gay it was amazing like the gayest piece of media I've ever seen it was perfect (laughs) how about you I've been watching Full House I'm on like season three or something now and I'm a little embarrassed because last episode I was talking about how in season one they make a big deal about Jesse being 24 and a half and I was like that's a middle-aged man like he's like definitely (laughs) like late 30s and Danny is only 29 and I was like that's a 40 year old man I did look it up since then and I apologize to John Stamos and posthumously to Bob Saget because that was their actual ages. People also just with the styling and the hair and like the fact that it's it's not HD, people looked older. Well, apparently like the Golden Girls women, they're the same age, like when they were doing Golden Girls, they were the same age as the Sex and the City women are now. Oh. Like they're in like their 50s and like 60s. Like, oh, it's just styling, you know? Interesting. And people, Interesting. I mean, people look younger now because I mean, we all wear SPF. And then also people are probably getting plastic surgery, but. Mm. And then I did also finally see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Depressing film. It was so sad. I was like waiting for it to switch and it didn't. I mean, it's very good, but mm-hmm. like I saw it and was like, this is a really good movie, but I'm probably not going to watch this again for a while because I'm really yeah. sad watching this. It was almost like old school Marvel in tone. Like I'm so mm. used to like the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Ant-Man thing kind of humor now that it was like we start out with death and just continue with more death yeah so I know Angela Bassett looked so incredible in the, the performance she gave was great too every time she was on screen I felt like I was seeing God herself yeah. <laughs> she was so 
beautiful and the way the costumes were designed to fit her body and to accentuate her face like oh my god stun- yeah. stunning woman very talented and amazing woman too but I'm afraid I was objectifying her a little bit while watching that movie I wonder if she was like meant to be as big of a role as she ended up being I feel like it's Angela Bassett like when she like she wouldn't just sign on to just kind of be there I mean she had a pretty decent sized role in the first one too yeah I didn't love I mean the villain in Black Panther movies are always kind of like I don't want to relate that much to them you know it's like I don't want them to be justified I don't know but I did think it was like funny that his big thing is that his weakness is like water drying or something on his on his skin because he gets less powerful and it's like Imagine being having superpowers and your biggest weakness is like the Dyson hair dryer, you know? <laughs> like it's not even kryptonite. Low humidity. Um, he could not go to Arizona. Um, I went there for three days and my skin dried out like a prune. I'm very pro the uh the east coast because we got that humidity. It's not the heat that gets you. But it also keeps you looking young because you got that you got that moisture. Mm. That's true. That's true. I, I I keep forgetting that Martin Freeman is in those movies. No way. <laughs> I'm gonna expose myself and tell the people on your podcast about one of the most embarrassing moments of my life which is when I took the BuzzFeed which Black Panther man is for you quiz and I got Martin (laughs) Freeman and then I took it again and changed my answers and then I got him again it's meant to be I just got called pasty and white and (laughs) and bland in like so many languages BuzzFeed really came for me it's okay. Thank you this so much. This was fun. Yeah. Is there anywhere people can find you in um, general on, 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 on online? Well, or your I'm, address if you want to give that. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Um, <laughs> I want letterbox friends. So um, my username is Mags Ash. So it's M-A-G-S-A-S-C-H. I want I want letterbox friends. I love really reading reviews. And I, I want people to uh, comment on my list. Um, one of which is Barbie Movies Ranked. I have Yay. ranked all the Barbie movies. <laughs> I've ranked all the Barbie movies that I've seen. And I would love to uh, share some share some opinions and get some thoughts. Hit me up if you if you love Barbie. Well, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I need I need to get started with that list. And because I feel like I'm kind of new to the cinematic world. Like I didn't even realize I saw on TikTok that there are like animated bloopers, which I think is always fun. I didn't even realize the lore behind it. There'll be these animated bloopers, but then the animals will also like still be talking in the bloopers. <laughs> so yeah, the the animals are probably the most cursed part of the Barbie movies. I don't know if you've seen those TikToks where they like make fun of the weird dancing animals with like human eyes. The dogs, the elephant, Barbie Princess and the Popper and the animals are much more anatomically correct. Also, Barbie Princess and the Popper is pro-cat, so I'm a pro Oh, okay. Right. Would that be, like, your recommendation for, like, the starter film, or? Yeah, I feel like it's the best one, so that's good to start. I think Swan Lake is probably one of the prettier movies. Dancing Princesses slaps pretty hard. Barbie and the Diamond Castle is by far the gayest, so that definitely puts it near the top. Barbie Rapunzel slaps pretty hard, too. You can definitely see, I would be very surprised if like the writers of Tangled didn't watch that movie because like she's wearing purple she's a painter you know 
there's some very similar elements there. She's got a reptilian friend. There's a lot of similarities. So mm-hmm. I think we should have a Barbie Land theme park. Is that a thing? Uh, I don't know if it is, but I would so go to a Barbie theme park. But you have like fan- like fantasy Barbie. You could have like fashion Barbie. You could have like under the sea Barbie. And the you know, gift she- shops would be incredible. Oh my God, yes. Hopefully they don't just like cast blonde, <laughs> blonde women. <laughs> I would think with this Barbie movie, they would be, be, be more inclusive. Blonde men. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That would be really fun. Like, you could have like the fashion world could be like almost like a giant like Barbie mall kind of and like you could have like you get your hair done and there could be like uh you could maybe they could have that type of thing with like like the Cher Horowitz screen and you could like dress a bar like dress your Barbies Ooh. you could like do like Build-A-Bear like designing your own Barbie dolls that would be cool I think American Girl which I think is also owned by Mattel has like the look-alike whatever dolls and I don't know if they have that one. for Barbie but I think mm-hmm. it would also be funny if they had a water park that's just called beach <laughs> well they could have a beach this, this is this is an ever-expanding world like you mm-hmm. can have the beach section you know it could also have like people dressed up as like the barbie mermaids like doing the mermaid thing like Ooh. in the tanks so yeah there's like a lot of things that could be done here techno like spy barbie like there's so many things you could do okay i feel like you could have some sort of shoe themed ride and they would have a fun it. little career day <laughs> yeah you could have like powerful women come and give speeches like the hall of presidents but like with powerful women at like Disney World. See, that's what I think that like that's how the movie should have ended is that like mm. Barbie starts working on like Barbie Land is her utopia and she brings that into the real world and she makes like a theme park or something of or a place where like women feel empowered and there's exactly. like a Barbie Land fund or something and like a scholarship program. Oh my god, amazing. She needs, like I said, she needs to team up with Elle Woods. Where is Legally Blonde 3 Commander-in-Chic? Where is it? Is that what it was called? I just, I saw online somewhere that, I don't know if it was someone suggesting that it be called that or if it was like in the works, but I want to know where that movie is. I want it now. They have the um the Legally Blonde spinoff that no one ever talks about. The yeah, twins. With, the, with the twins from Sweet Life of Zack and Chloe. <laughs> no one ever talks about that one. <laughs> because they shouldn't. <laughs> well, you can find the podcast at Remake Hot Take on all social media and me at Maria Schwarz on all social media. But thank you so much, Maggie, for for being here, for talking about Barbie, for sharing your knowledge. Yeah, I I was like kind of, you know, just worked out that you happen to get a a, a Barbie uh, aficionado, as you should say, a Barbie scholar. (laughs) That would be an amazing job. Like what if you were like the Barbie historian? I feel like that, I mean, that probably exists. Also, I mean- Like people at colleges, you know, study pop culture all the time. Like I'm sure there's plenty of essays written about Barbie out there. Do you have a new dream career? I think I do. Well, thank you so much, Maggie. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Bye, Barbie. Bye. Yeah, bye, Barbie. <laughs>